Hello, everybody. It's Leslie Jane Seymour at Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. And I'm excited to bring to you a really interesting reinventor. She was in finance uh, for 30 years and she loved it. She lived around the world. She traveled. She made a lot of money. She had a great time, enjoyed it. And then she decided it was time to do something else. And she literally figured out what she wanted to do by making a list of her passions and by figuring out where her passions met with her interests. And she says, you take a pen and paper and you make lists of things that are important to you, your hobbies and your values, and you put them together. And what she did is she ended up opening an amazing catering company where she employs women who were formerly refugees and she teaches them how to be professional waiters and waitresses and how to serve and how to become part of the hospitality business and sends them on their way uh, professionally. So it is quite a interesting transformation out of finance. And I know a lot of you are in those kinds of businesses. And um, she was able to then use her financial background as a way to support her interest in a softer area. So I want to introduce you to the lovely Evelyn Isaiah. Hello, Evelyn. Hello, Leslie. I am so glad to have you here. So let's talk a little bit about your background, which is so interesting. Where did you grow up? How did you get started in your first field, which was finance, correct? That is correct, yes. So I was born in New York, uh, and I moved after my parents' divorce to Europe, first to Belgium and then many years in Switzerland, where I was educated. Uh, my first career was in finance. Um, I got pushed into it through a set of circumstances which were rather interesting. My uh, first husband passed away when I was uh, 28. Oh, wow. Was, I didn't yes. know that. Yes. And I was left with a two-year-old daughter. And much to my surprise, uh, because I, I would say I was very naive at the time, and my husband was considerably older than I was. Uh, I found out that we were in very bad financial in a very bad situation, much worse than I thought we were. Wow. So my it was very difficult for me in the beginning, and I wasn't sure what was what I was going to do. I had uh, I had finished college, and I had I started law school, but I never finished. So I really didn't have much of professional background. And but where were you living, Evelyn? Were you in, still in Europe, or you were home? Uh, I was in living in Lugano, and then uh, Lugano, Switzerland. So my okay. first husband passed away, and then I went back to New York for a while, and it was just impossible to live in New York with um, with very little money. Career-wise, it was difficult, and with a child, it was even more difficult. So mm. I decided to go back to Switzerland, and I thought mm -hmm. this is a good place. It'll be a much more. It'll be easier to work out of Switzerland. I had work permits and. I thought that the, the lifestyle would be easier and mm -hmm. more um, friendly for a young mother. Mm -hmm. And um, I was I got a job in private banking, actually, as an assistant. Mm -hmm. And I worked my way up, and I, I really, really loved what I was doing. It was just, just felt very natural to me. I loved the markets. Mm -hmm. And I had a mentor. who uh, was one of my first bosses. His name was Guyan Krug. And at uh, one point, I went to him, and I said, you know, I think – 
I want to have a, I want to get a brokerage license. And at the time to get a brokerage license, you had to have a, um, a bank or a brokerage company sponsor you. And he said to me, well, I'm not going to do this because if you, if you get a brokerage license, you're going to be out on your own and you won't need me anymore. Mm -hmm. So he said, why don't you go to Merrill Lynch or someplace like that? And then mm -hmm. you come back and you run my bank. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. Hmm. And I left and I went to Merrill Lynch and there my career really got off the ground and skyrocketed. And I did extremely well for 30, over 30 years. In, Lou, in, uh, in Switzerland. No, I went, I'm sorry. So from Switzerland, I went back to, um, I, after, I'm sorry, from in Geneva, I was started working with Merrill Lynch bank in Geneva, got mm -hmm. my brokerage license. Mm -hmm. And from there, um, I went back to the U S they told me I could go back to New York. I could bet I could go to San Diego or Miami, but mm -hmm. Miami sounds like a good place. It's close to Latin America. If I'm going to start a brokerage business and I need to gather private clients, Miami seems like a good place and it would be easier than living in New York again. Mm -hmm. So I moved to Miami with my daughter who was then, uh, almost seven, mm -hmm. my au pair girl from Geneva mm -hmm. and, and started out to work and, and, uh, 30 some odd years later, um, I retired. And I oh, my God. So a 30-year run, that's incredible. Yeah. No one gets that today, Evelyn. I know. I know. That's true. But I had a good run. I really, really loved it. It was um, financially, it was very lucrative. Uh, I traveled the world. It was, uh, it was a wonderful experience, wonderful people. And today, I am still in contact with a lot of my old clients, just um, – you know, so socially, how are you, mm -hmm. and, and how's your life? And um, always Christmas time, uh, around all the holidays. Just uh, how are you doing? How's your family? It's just nice, very nice. Mm. It was great, but at some point, I realized that I w wasn't enjoying it anymore. Um, the markets had had changed. The regulation was intense, and it just wasn't enjoying it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I realized that every January first, where I would be usually energized. It's a new year, new mm -hmm. goals, mm -hmm. um, new play, new new clients together, new new client, new more assets together. I just it just wasn't in me anymore, mm -hmm. and, and I realized I think I have peaked and it's time to move on. But I'm definitely not ready for the Tupperware Club. But I just knew that I, I it was something new that I needed. So Merrill Lynch had an excellent excellent uh, exit package. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is as good as it gets. I'm taking it. Mm -hmm. And I decided to do a two-year transition, which meant that I didn't leave Merrill Lynch cold turkey. I had two years to transition all of my clients to the rest of my team, make sure that they were comfortable with the team and that this transition was smooth. Mm, that's that, great. It was excellent. And it also gave me the luxury of deciding what I wanted to do. Mm. One of my clients, who's also one of my friends, said to me, you're going to be amazed at the opportunities that are going to be in front of you, so don't be in a rush. Mm -hmm. So that was um, good advice, number one. So um, we were living in New York. I had an office in Miami and an office in New York, and we, I had moved up to New York with my husband and our two dogs. And um, I decided, uh, as much as I love New York, I think that we need to move to Connecticut. And we decided to do this because we wanted to be closer to the water and uh, a different type of lifestyle. So we, in Connecticut, I decided that um, to make a list of all of my passions, everything that really made me tick and everything that um, I felt was important to me. 
and there were two things that that were always made it to the top of the list: um, food, cooking, arranging platters, entertaining, hospitality, and helping women. Hmm. But those are the things that were at the top of my list, but I didn't know exactly what to do with that. I thought a cooking school, that could be interesting. I don't know. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go to take a course. Actually, I read about it first in the New York Times and the mm-hmm. Sunday. It was a, something that came up in the style. I think it was the styles um, section about a course at the University of Connecticut called Encore. And this is for mostly people who were retired, who mm-hmm. wanted to do, um, get into the nonprofit um, sector. Mm-hmm. I thought this could be something for me, but I, first things first, I know I know nothing. Mm-hmm. So I should go and enroll. Mm-hmm. So I went up to UConn, spoke with the people at the program to see if this was something for me. And it was indeed. Mm. So I filled out the application, wrote my essay, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and, I, and I got in. Mm-hmm. So I did this for a couple of months and finished the program. But in order to graduate, you have to do a fellowship. And the did fellowship- you get a certificate or something like that? Oh, yes. Okay. As a matter of fact, as I speak, <laughs> as I speak with you, mm-hmm. I'm look, I'm looking at it from the Department okay. of Public Policy, actually. Oh, cool. Okay. So my fellowship, which they'll give you a, a list of nonprofits in Fairfield County uh-huh. that have fellowship openings, and then you could see what's uh, what matches your interest, and uh-huh. and you had go in an interview with the, with um, mm-hmm. the nonprofit organization, and mm-hmm. I ended up with WBDC. Oh, is, okay. I that's get it. All right. right. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, WBDC is the Women's Business Development Council, uh, which is located in Stamford. And Fran has been on this podcast. It's Fran Pastore, who you all have heard about before. So, Or you can listen to the podcast about her. So great. Okay. A fantastic organization. So Fran had a shortfall in the finances. And she said, I need to raise $40,000 ASAP. And I waltzed into the office for my interview and I said, I, I'll do it. I can, I can help you with this. And she said, how are you going to do this? I said, I'm going to put on, I, I, this is verbatim. I said, Fran, I'm going to put on, uh, on an event for you. I'm going to have a, a gala dinner and we're going to do a fundraiser. And we're going to do an absolute incredible dinner for you and raise the money and sell the tickets. She said, we've never done anything like this. I said, well, trust me. She said, okay, you have six <laughs> weeks. You have six weeks. And okay. lo and behold, we did it. And we raised $40,000 for the first, um, first time ever they had done one of these dinners. Wow. So I enlisted a friend of mine who was um, a chef. And she did the dinner with her group, with her crew. We did a five-course Thai gourmet tasting menu, and we did a um, an, we had a live auction, and it was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. So once this was over, I graduated, and then I said, "Now what am I going to do?" So I said, "I said I'm going to put these two passions together, and I'm going to go out and talk to women who have done something already with this." And I reached out to Jessica Jessamine Rodriguez, who founded Hot Bread Kitchen in New York, uh, which is a bakery which uh, hires and trains um, immigrant and refugee women. 
And the other person I reached out to is uh, Carrie Wheaton, who runs Billing, Billings Forge in Hartford, Connecticut, which is a kitchen and a high-end restaurant, which trains people mainly coming out of prison. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And you just read about them? I read about them and I said I called them and I I explained um, who I was and I said I'm thinking of of starting a new business in the food in the food industry, but also um, helping refugee and immigrant women. And I would I was wondering if I could take you out to lunch and pick your brain a little bit. So they both immediately said yes. So I sat down and talked with them and um i picked their brains what would you do if you had to do it again do it over um mm-hmm. recommendations for me and things to do and things not to do mm-hmm. and then carrie said to me you know you have this all in front of your face but you're so but you're not seeing it and i said what do you mean it's in front of my face she said what you should do is you should really start a catering business and I said, okay, forget the school, forget the restaurant. These are all too labor intensive right now. Why don't you do a catering business? And I said, you know what? Let's do it. And she, <laughs> and she said, any help you need, you just let me know. But um, go for it. You can do it. And I said, you're right. I can do this. So I went back to my Thai friend who has a restaurant. And I said, let's start this. And she said, let's do it. And we started up the business called Rata, and it's and it's called Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, why uh, did you pick Ratatouille? Actually, I didn't. It was my <laughs> sister. It was my sister. Okay. Because I thought being a non, being um, something that empowers women, I had a whole list of names in my head, and everything sounded cheesy, like North Star or <laughs> Pathway to the Future, or Starlight, and I don't. Everything sounded so cheesy and corny. Uh-huh. I went out to Colorado and I was having lunch with my sister and we were talking about it. And I said, I want something French. I want something, maybe a kitchen utensil or, or a culinary term. And my sister looked at me. She she said, um, she blurted out, ratatouille. I said, oh my God, I love it. What made her yeah. think of that? Is that yeah. her favorite food? No. Well, she, she just she came up with it. Okay. So I checked with our attorney and she said, as long as you're not making plush toys, you can use the name Ratatouille. Oh, because that so, was taken. Yes. Okay. It has to do with the film and everything, but but. Um, oh, I was going to say that's the, the first thing that comes to my mind is the little mouse. It's about rats in the kitchen. Right. That's why I was wondering why you wanted it to be uh, Ratatouille. Well, actually, there's a little blurb on our website about that. Okay. But, um, anyway, so Ratatouille was born. Uh, I made a few mistakes in the beginning, which I um, fortunately. I'm humble enough to learn from all my mistakes and not repeat them. And I think what it's, was your it's biggest mistake you made? Um, I didn't have the right partner at first, even though she was wonderful and 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 a good friend and whatnot. It just didn't just didn't work out. Right. And then I needed to, and I think my my pricing was off in the beginning. But that I qu- I learned very quickly. Mm-hmm. This is definitely not working, and. Um, to, to be firm with my pricing and not feel just, just, um, I would say that was the biggest mistake, the, the, the right, the right partner. And then my pricing model was off in the beginning. I said, something is, it's not right here. But as I got into it, I realized I, I quickly got a fix for that. And now we're doing very well. And, um, so at the end of my first, so officially we began, uh, May, first of 2017, which coincidentally 
um, was the last day of my uh, actual uh, employment at Merrill Lynch, that very same day I formed the company. And uh, from there, uh, we did well the first year. And then for 2018, I had a very, very ambitious sales goal, which I'm pleased to say that we met. And now for 2019, I think we're going to be full speed ahead. At this point Jeez. now, I have 19 women working for me, mm -hmm. which is amazing. I'm really, really proud of them. Some We've had a couple of women along the way that just weren't the right fit. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, I would say all in all, there may be about three or four that didn't mm -hmm. work out. But mm -hmm. 19, 19 did. And, and tell me what you're teaching them, because I have been, so everybody knows, I've been to your events that you've catered, and the women are amazing. The food is extraordinary, and the people catering are doing a beautiful job of waitering and setting the table, and the, I mean, their whole, their whole demeanor is lovely, and, you know, it, it, it all seems so super uber professional, but a lot of these people don't come from professional backgrounds. Uh, virtually none of them. Well, first of all, I take care of the, the front of the house. In other words, all the serving, the table setting, um, the smiles, the vocabulary, that's all me. When it comes to the, the cooking, that's Kathy, my business partner. And she oh, right. I saw that. Kathy, right, right. 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 I sometimes will step in if necessary, but for the most part, uh, she's, she handles the, the kitchen. Um, so I, we have three partners. And when I talk about partners, these are three nonprofits organizations in Connecticut and New York City that cater to the immigrant and refugee community. So our New York staff comes mostly from the International Rescue Committee, which is down on 34th Street. Uh, I give classes there for um, serving. So I will teach the women how to serve at cocktail parties, how to serve at sit-down dinners, how to work a room, um, the, the proper vocabulary, the proper, the proper grooming standards, um, mm. uh, which is important and something that you yourself picked up on. Their demeanor, mm -hmm. the way they walk, the way they mm -hmm. look. Um, mm -hmm. It's all mm -hmm. uniform and it's, it's standardized, but it works. And how did you learn that? Did you just study up on that and... No, I've always, I've always liked that. I've always, mm -hmm. you know, growing up in Europe and, and mm. I've, I've always liked the, um, how should I say the, the, like I said, without sounding snobbish or, you mm -hmm. know, um, I've always liked finer things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, I think my mother was a stickler, mm -hmm. this type of thing. And, and, you know, I've always liked it. And, and I, mm -hmm. I've, you know, we were the type of family that always had a tablecloth. Wow. Okay. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Cloth napkins. You know. What I'm okay. Saying? But you know what I mean. I. It sounds so silly, but somehow, it just it just translates very well in this. Okay. Um, in this business. And so, how do you decide who's going to work for you, and what is the impact on these women? Okay. Uh, I would say it's a certain type. You have to mm -hmm. have a, a real team somebody who works well in a team mm -hmm. who's open to criticism, who mm -hmm. can take it, mm -hmm. somebody who can work quickly and a fast learner. Mm -hmm. And absolutely uh, anybody who cancels on me or any no shows like this, there's no second, there's no second mm -hmm. chance mm -hmm. unless it's something absolutely earth shaking mm -hmm. um, with no excuses. And mm -hmm. very rarely will I have somebody who won't, sh won't show up or, mm -hmm. um, and there, I, again, um, um, I really don't have, I'm merciless when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. Because you're in it, working in a team, and you're not only letting me down, mm -hmm. but you're letting everybody else down. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that motivates people is there are no, um, there's a pathway. 
there's a pathway to make more money. The more you learn, the mm -hmm. greater your salary is going to be, mm -hmm. um, the greater your responsibilities, and mm -hmm. then hence greater economic power mm -hmm. and more in your pocket. Mm -hmm. So, for example, one of the women that you saw uh, last week in, in Greenwich mm -hmm. uh, from Kazakhstan, mm -hmm. uh, she is going to be groomed now to, to replace me in some of the events where I can't go and manage everything. I think she's will be perfect for it. And she, I told her this uh, the other night, and she was so excited. And now, it just her they, whole demeanor, it just just all of a sudden she brightened and she said, oh, I'm really going to do this. I said, this is what you're going to do. And do they then, are they all green card ready yes. or how does that work? No, so we only work with people that have that are legal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, any refugee, you understand when they become uh, refugees and they go through these agencies, they, they already are allowed to work. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yes. Yes. And what were the other two agencies? So that's in New York City. And in Connecticut, we work through Building One Community in Stamford. And we work with Siri in Bridgeport, which is the Connecticut Institute for Refugees and Immigrants. So I go to their workforce development person and I explain who I am, what Ratatouille is. And uh, I tell them that we're interested in meeting anybody, any of their clients who have expressed interest in, in hospitality. And some of them want to cook or have uh, backgrounds in cooking, and some of them are more interested in in serving. And what were you saying at the event that somebody is working at John George now? That's correct. So Tatiana, the young woman who came up from Honduras who had a very, very difficult life, and she came to the United States through the uh, what you see uh, through the, the Coyote Channel. In other words, from Honduras in the back of a Walmart truck, came across the Rio Grande, was in ICE detention, et cetera, et cetera. She uh, had very, very good skills. And you could see that she needed refinement, but, but it was all there. She mm -hmm. just needed, she needed the right push. And so um, Ron Gallo, who is the chef at the Inn and Poundridge, with the Jean-Georges group, he um, is on our advisory board. And he's mm -hmm. very happy to take any of the women who have um, honed their skills. Hmm. Wow. Right. So, so you she really get them put into a self-sustaining business where they can have a professional career and move up and then move up and move on, right? That's correct. Wow. What was the biggest, and first of all, why did you pick just women? Why aren't you working with men as well? Is there any particular reason? I would say because uh, they need the help, and these immigrant women need the help. They need uh, sort of this sisterhood environment. Mm -hmm. And I feel that I could do something to, let's say, lower the inequality, the gender gap. Mm -hmm. Okay. Level the playing field, if I can, in, in one tiny way. Mm -hmm. It's something that I could do. And what are the drawbacks? What have you learned? Is there anything about working with this group that, you know, needs fixing or needs, you know? Uh, let's see. I would say for some of them, obviously, there's a language um, barrier. Uh, when some of the Syrian women we work with do not speak English, my Arabic is extremely limited. Uh, but uh, we have another woman that works with, actually two women that work with us in Connecticut that are fluent in English and Arabic. So we get, we bypass that. And one of the women who is actually on our website, Maryam, 
she's been working with us pretty much since the beginning of Ratatouille right now. Her English has gotten a lot better and she knows the recipes, she knows how to get around. And so she, even when, and when we're stuck, we use Google Translate actually. So you actually use Google Translate? We do. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, with Arabic, we do. Wow, mm -hmm. that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little plug for Google Translate. What has been the unexpected rewards? To see the look on their faces, to see them look at their paycheck, to see how happy they are, how see they uh, when they tell me, oh, look, I'm, I'm saved, I've saved this money up to, to buy a car or, oh, this feels so good. Or the, the way they high walk in there and they hug each other and they high five each other. I mean, it brings tears to my eyes. And their gratitude. They're really very, very um, appreciative of the skills that they're learning. And what does this solve for you personally? Because so many people are saying that they want their second act to be meaningful and they're looking for purpose, Evelyn. So how do, how do you know that that's gonna be the thing and how do you find your way towards that? Because you obviously have. I would say the first thing is you have to identify, and this is not something that happens overnight, um, take a pen and paper and start writing things out, make lists of things that are really important to you, values, and your hobbies and activities that are really, that's something that you enjoy and try to put the two of them together and see what you, what type of business you could um, start or what kind of organization you can get involved with that combines all of your passions or most of your passions. So you literally did it with a list. I did a list. I made a list of everything that was important to me and helping others is something that's always been important. Whether I used to be, I st well, I don't have much time for it anymore. But for years, when I was working at Merrill Lynch, I was involved with that with uh, animal therapy because, and it, all it was was just taking time on a Saturday to go with my beautiful golden doodle to go to um, senior citizen homes where there are people that were all alone and go and visit them. So helping others was always a, a very big theme for me. And did you have to refine that list at all? Or you just lived with it for a long time? Was this just one list? Or were you making reams of lists and readjusting them? Or were you keeping a notebook? Where I, kept a notebook. I have a notebook. I have a notebook. Interesting. And then, and then I will also say that um, when you identify areas of interest to reach out to people that are successful in that area and ask them, if you could take a little bit of their time, invite them for lunch or for coffee, and you could chat with them. Did you get any no's? Did you? Did people rebuff no, you at all? No. I only went to those two women that I mentioned to you, uh, uh, Jessamine and to Carrie. Mm -hmm. But I, oh, I had sort of a plan in my head. I didn't just go there and waste their time. Mm -hmm. But it, they were so um, happy to mm -hmm. impart their knowledge and to share it with me and to be a cheerleader. So Jessamine uh, joined our advisory board as well. So hmm. that's great. Yeah. And did you just look them up on Google? Is that how you found them or look them up on LinkedIn? No, or? no. I am also a partner at Social Venture Partners in Westport, uh -huh. at, which we use, we call it SVP. And uh, through another partner at SVP, she introduced me to Jessamine. So you did have some kind of introduction. You weren't doing cold calling or cold emailing to people. No, but even if I had cold emailed her, Mm -hmm. I, I think she would have been very open. And I find that most women are very open to helping other women. 
Yeah, I find that too. Really do. Definitely. So any other tips and tricks that you want to offer? Um, yes, for- yes, oh, absolutely. Terrific. So go right ahead. I think that's something that's key. And I believe this happens to many women that are starting out on something new or even in whatever they're doing currently, is when you find that little voice or that little person sitting on your shoulder saying like, what are you thinking? Like, where are you going with this? Like you're, I mean, really, you're not going to do this. You're not going to pull it off. Um, what are you thinking? I just brush that little person off and I, and I forge ahead. And whenever I get discouraged, uh, oh, I don't have no more events or no one's calling me. Um, this is such a ridiculous idea. Um, I, I forge ahead. I absolutely banish any negative thoughts and that's press on. Wow. That's interesting. You know, you're the second person who said that. And you know, what's really weird is well, that she also lost her husband very early in life and had a two-year-old to take care of. <laughs> Isn't that weird? If she has this interesting, interesting. very positive, yeah. I will not look at failure. Yes. And, I, and she told me that she, um, that she does it by, she does it by visioning. She just said she had this vision of what she was going to do. She wanted to be in the healthcare business. And she just, and she saw herself doing this. She literally just saw herself doing it and followed that visual in her head image. And, um, but exactly what you said, which mm-hmm. is literally just, she, she called it flipping the negative. Whenever she mm-hmm. would have a negative thought, she would just flip it around to something positive. And isn't that funny? Both the same background. So interesting, interesting. But I'll just say, and I just failure is not absolutely not an option. Okay. And I have one little thing that that uh, a little um, ad, a saying that that that's in my head, and it's always um, it's in the end, it'll all be okay. If it's not, we're just not at the end yet. <laughs> is yeah. that your own? That's mine. Oh, very good. I like that. Yeah. And I think, and I think about that all the time. Whenever I see, oh, I'm going through such a rocky period or uh-huh. crazy. Nope. In the end, it's all going to work out. Okay, I love it. Well, that's a wonderful way to end all of this, and I love that quote. Good. I'm going to put that on a little thing, and we'll put it <laughs> there. That's brilliant. Okay. And um, I want to thank you for joining us. And I want to thank My you pleasure. for all you do for women. And it's a lovely thing. And anybody who needs a caterer. Um, in the you're still in the Connecticut kind of New York area, right? You can't we, you can't go oh, Fairfield County, Westchester County, okay. New York City, and Brooklyn. That's oh, pretty Brooklyn. big. Okay, yes, we Brooklyn. will do Brooklyn. Yes. Anybody who needs that, they can reach you at it. Do you want to give your uh, your Absolutely. website? Uh, yes, it's Ratatouille and Co. and spelled out, or uh, that's you'll you'll find a contact button there also. Uh, or call me at 203-557-4555 or email me at evelyn at ratatouilleandco.com. Great. Awesome. Well, Evelyn, thanks so much for spending time with us today. That's really an inspiration. And so many women will be checking you out and checking out Ratatouille. Thanks a lot. Thank you. So I want to thank all of you for joining us at Reinvent Yourself. And I hope that if you enjoyed this talk by Evelyn and her story, and if hopefully 
using her failure is not an option saying, which is in the end, it will all be okay. And if it's not okay, we're not at the end. If that is helpful to you, which I hope it is, it's helpful to me, certainly as an entrepreneur, I hope that you will give us a rating and let other people find us that way. That's the way that other reinventors or women who are thinking about reinventing or needed, needing to reinvent find us. Give us five stars and then we can be found. I hope you will share the podcast with women who you know need it. Could be men as well. It doesn't have to be just women. And I hope that you'll join us again on Reinvent Yourself. And if you know of anybody who's a fabulous reinventor or an interesting reinventor or who is creating platforms or methods or businesses for women to reinvent themselves, send me a little note at leslie, L-E-S-L-E-Y, at coveyclub.com. And then I can check them out and see if they should be part of our broadcast. Thanks a lot and talk to you next time.